Hey everybody and welcome to the Spliff Podcast. I'm your host, Bo Nellis, and this is episode 90, Podcasters Edition. I'm going to interview Corey and Ian from the Cannabis Health Radio Podcast. They interviewed me last week and it aired earlier this week. Maybe you found my podcast that way. And if you are new to the Spliff Podcast, welcome. And I hope you check out uh, everything else that I've got to listen to. I talk about a lot of different things from stuff that people completely new to cannabis should know and can learn from all the way to some more advanced cannabis user level stuff. A little bit of something for everybody. I'm going to open up with my segment stoner moments. I don't have much, but last week I talked about a study that was done and I didn't really talk too much about who did the study or where the study was done. And I wanted to say that it was done out of Sweden. If you didn't follow the link on the website to check it out and read it for yourself, it was a study out of Sweden. Thanks, Sweden. And before I get into the meat of it, just want to say, hey, yo, Nevada, make that money. And I hope everybody out in Nevada right now is staying nice and high. All right, we're going to get straight into the interview with Cannabis Health Radio and my super awesome interview skills. Uh, There's a reason why I podcast by myself, you guys. I'm a great conversationalist, but it's come to my attention that my interview skills, they could use some development. Either way, we have a lot of great information. They were really wonderful about, can I say how wonderful they are enough times? Jeez, man, I need to come up with some new adjectives. But they're just so wonderful. They're out of British Columbia. The Cannabis Health Radio podcast is featured out of Canada, but they have interviews all over the world. And every now and then they kind of talk about uh, their origin story, but I wanted to get a little bit more into it. So that's kind of where we begin. Me gushing over their amazingness and asking them a little bit more about them. We're going to learn a little bit more about the BC climate and and Ian, with his untethered professionalism, turns the table and interviews me a little bit too. After the interview, I'll meet you back for a real quick safety. But without further ado, here's Corey and Ian. All right, so uh, you guys met on air while you were working, right, Ian? Is that how the story goes? Yes, I was uh, a talk show host in Victoria here doing the one to three show. And uh, I used to do things a little differently than talk show hosts normally do. And I would post videos if the video could be understood, uh, the audio of the video could be understood. And so one day, I think, Corey, I posted a video, an audio of a guy in the UK who used cannabis oil for his kid. And you sent me an email saying, thanks. For thanks doing for doing that show. And, yeah. And I thought, who is this person? So um, you sent a link to your story. And I realized that you lived in the same town. So uh, I invited uh, Corey in. We did an interview and started scheduling one uh, every month. And we get calls all over North America, calls from Eastern Canada, from United States, Texas, California. And people would listen to us in um, Europe, Australia, Africa, Africa. 
So I thought, well, this is interesting. So in June 21st of last year, first day of summer, I got fired. Out of the blue. <laughs> just, just out of the blue. And I think, uh, you know, in retrospect, it's what happens when you challenge authority in commercial radio. They don't like that. They got, uh, they got rid of me. Yeah. So I, um, people said, well, what are you going to do? And I thought, well, okay, what am I going to do? And everyone suggested a podcast on politics. And I thought, Jesus, no thanks. You know, I've done that for so many years. I don't want to do it anymore. So I had uh, coffee with a friend. And we sat down for about an hour and a half. And at the conclusion, he says, why don't you start a podcast with Corey on medical cannabis? So I phoned Corey. And uh, she says, I don't want to work with you. <laughs> I can't imagine spending time with you on a regular basis. <laughs> no, she didn't. She she agreed. So, She's like once a month. That's enough. <laughs> so we uh, started podcast. We had to figure out where we we're going to do it, and <laughs> a series of uh, things going on through that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had uh, we had the space in town here where the woman had a spare office, and we said, okay, yeah, we can do it here. And then uh, this was on a Friday and Sunday. She discovered that, oh, you're doing a show on cannabis, it is not in a line with my values. Yeah. <laughs> and we thought, okay. So anyway, we do it from my home, and uh, it's great. It's a That's lot of fun. wonderful. Yeah, I, the five days a week thing is, I mean, as a listener, I love it. And then as an advocate, I love it even more because you get so many stories and such a wide variety, and you work really hard at it, which we were talking about earlier. Um, and I hope that you are, I, I mean, I tell people to fund you. I mean, I, my, I don't really have any expenses and I know you guys are really trying to make a go of this. So fingers crossed for you guys. Um, but well, I think we, uh, you know, not to jump in here, but no, go uh, ahead. I'll, I'll jump in here. Uh, Corey and I, when we did this, we didn't want to focus on the recreational side. We didn't want to focus on the business side because there are too many podcasts that are already doing that. And with Corey's experience and contacts with people who have used cannabis for some very, very serious medical issues, we thought, let's do, let's do that. And so I don't know of anyone else who's doing what we're doing. And, um, but man, it's been a real struggle trying to get sponsors, trying to get advertisers. And uh, to be quite honest, we're not making any money at this at all. Yeah, we're, you know, neither of us uh, has an income and uh, we pour a crap load of time into this. Um, it's like a full time job. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, especially the way that you guys go at it. it I can't even imagine. Um, and, and it is really hard out there to, to try and, and gain anything that, you know, you don't, any money that would come your way, you feel a little scummy about, um, cause, cause it not, is not on the recreational side. No, no, not you guys, but the easy money, the easy money, I should clarify. <laughs> yeah. We're not, money's not scummy. Yeah. We're just, we haven't even paid <laughs> off the equipment. You know, we borrowed money to uh, get this equipment to be able to do the show and, um, yeah, to give yeah. you an idea, well, we probably make about $250 a month doing this between the two of us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. nice. and, we're paying, and we're still paying off the equipment. And then right. we've got website, the people, you know, to pay yeah. for that as well. And yeah, domain that. name, Facebook advertising. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. It ends up. 
So, but you guys are a really interesting team. Now, I know that Ian, um, you are king of the hypocrites, as you say, um, and which I love because we need more people like you on our side fighting for our team. Uh, that's the only way that we're really going to change minds because most of us donors get discounted pretty pretty quickly off the bat. Um, Corey, what's your story with cannabis before you got sick? And just your story in general, if you want to fill in more on that. Oh, okay. Uh, well, first of all, um, cannabis in general. Um, I smoked it in my late teens, early 20s. And then I quit because I always got really paranoid. And um, that wasn't a lot of fun. So, you know, I have friends that smoke. Um, and I don't have an issue with that. It just wasn't my, uh, what, my cup of tea. What age were you when you quit? Oh, gosh. 21, 22, something like that. Yeah, it was before the internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's so funny, isn't he? <laughs> so just, just a couple of years before the internet. Yeah, uh, just a couple, yeah. <laughs> did, did you know that the very first sale on the internet was for a bag of weed? No, I didn't know that. <laughs> it was uh, it was way before the internet was a public access thing when it was only, uh, I think it was just an, uh, an intra-school uh, internet that they were using and it was one student uh, preparing a transaction over a bag of weed with another student uh, this was back in in the 70s something like that if I remember correctly so <laughs> so just before the internet right there you go I love it uh, okay okay so uh, so you had you had given it up I think most people give up cannabis around the same time that that were smoking it in their teens quite honestly so so what then happened well it was you know it wasn't any fun so um i just get too freaked out uh then in july of 2011 i was diagnosed with anal cancer and i was given two to four months to live if i didn't do radiation um i had some previous health issues. I'd had open heart surgery. And as a result of that, I have a condition called post-sternotomy syndrome. And uh, I had five years of um, pain-wrapped torture, essentially. Um, I was on a a crap load of uh, pills, everything from uh, Tylenol-3 to Dilaudid to opium, Percocet, Oxycontin, on and on. And uh, it was a horror show. Um, so the diagnosis on top of dealing with that was uh, pretty overwhelming. So I really struggled with what I was going to do because they wanted to do radiation. And, you know, I did go to the clinic and uh, listen to them, hear what they have to say. And I took a couple of people with me to make sure that I understood everything and heard it correctly. And it's funny, you know, Ian and I were just talking about this today. It was like going to a meat market and the guy was really blasé, you know, he said, this is the worst part of the body to treat. Uh, you're, we're going to hit your coccyx and your pubic bones, so you'll have bone deterioration, and we'll try not to hit your spine. Um, you can have second and third degree burns, vaginally, rectally, perianally. And then he just, as an afterthought, he looks at me and goes, oh, yes. Um, so your vagina will probably fuse shut. Oh, my God. And, and, and your rectum will probably fuse shut, too. Uh, but don't worry about that. We'll just take you up to the operating room and dilate you if that happens. And I thought, I don't uh-uh, think so. And uh, he wouldn't give me straight answers on pain control, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I said to him that I wanted some time to think about this. I didn't even mention alternatives or the C word. And um, he stormed out. He told me I had a, a death wish. 
and I had two, two to four months to live and uh, walked out on us. Uh, so we sat there for a couple of minutes and my friend said, oh, I guess we're dying here. So we went upstairs to the library and uh, did a bit of research on what we could find on anal cancer. And it turned out that the number one cause of anal cancer is radiation. <laughs> so I'm thinking, let me get this straight. You want to radiate me to get rid of this cancer to what? Create more cancer? Had you had radiation before? No. Okay. So, you know, but it was, so that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, my cancer was uh, from an HPV virus. Uh, it's rampant now. In fact, Ian and I have uh, interviewed a number of people who have had anal cancer, and it's been from HPV each time from back in your youth, the gift that, you know, kind of keeps on giving. Um, so I got a video in the mail from my sister, a link to a video called Run From The Cure, uh, and it sat there because I could see it was an hour long, and I used to work uh, counseling cancer patients coming from a holistic vein, terminally ill cancer patients and their families, something that I did privately. Uh, so I thought I knew pretty much everything there was to know about uh, holistic venues for treating cancer. Um, and then she phoned me and said, you know, have you watched it? And I'm like, no. So I thought, well, you know, I'll just watch a couple minutes a day, get her off my back and started watching it and was glued to it and, uh, couldn't believe what I was seeing. And so basically, essentially that video was about using cannabis oil to, uh, clear yourself of cancer. Uh, so in the end, that's what I did. Uh, and I've been clear, I've been cancer-free for five years. As a matter of fact, it was just a couple of days ago that they told me, it'll be five years since they told me I had two to four months. Congratulations. Yeah. So. Right? I love it. Did you flip the birds? <laughs> yeah. So now, now I don't shut up about it. And um, I've been, you know, been very fortunate to have been a part in clearing well over a thousand people of cancer around the world now. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Uh, and and just hearing that story, Ian, just changed your views on it completely? Well, I think what really changed my view was when Corey and I were, when I was still working at the radio station, and Corey and I did an interview, and we got this email while we were on the air mm -hmm. from this woman in Ontario whose daughter had, was it liver cancer, Corey? No, colorectal stage four. Colorectal stage. 26 years old. She Jeez. was, she was uh, the mother was in the hospital with her daughter, and her daughter was given just weeks to live. No, they said she would, wouldn't be, she'd be lucky to make it to the end of the week, and she had, had done some chemo in it. This was a result of the chemotherapy. She was in an ICU. Okay. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. I need to take uh, more cannabis to improve my memory. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, in any event, it was just a wonderful letter that uh, this woman got in touch with Corey. Happened to hear our podcast while yes. she was in ICU. That's right. And uh, the podcast on the radio station. Mm -hmm. And uh, got hooked up with some, some oil. And her daughter is doing fine. And she thanked us for saving her daughter's life. And I read that on the air. I read it cold. Yeah, it was a really an emotional email. Wow. Saying, you know, you, you're basically, you have saved my daughter's life. Had I not heard that podcast and contacted Corey and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And my daughter would be yeah. dead. And for those who don't know, reading it cold would be the first time. Reading it for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Reading yeah. it for, for the first time. And I'm like, you and I know these industry standards, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was very emotional. And that kind of, I think, flipped the switch for me to find out more about this. 
And uh, the more I find out about it, the more ignorant I think we are as a society about cannabis and uh, its many, many uses. Yeah, yeah, which you discovered pretty quickly trying to get the podcast together. So how the the kind of backlash that that ignorance provides. Yeah, and uh, here I am today doing a podcast on medical cannabis and mm-hmm. have five plants growing in the backyard. <laughs> I love it. Do you juice with them? Are they for smoking? Do you plan oh, to make oil? Not, no, I just started. Just I mean, started. we had a terrible spring uh, here in British Columbia. The weather wasn't very good. It was cold. And so when the weather started changing, um, we got these seeds from a fellow in Vancouver, Dana Larson, who was sending a million seeds across Canada telling people to plant them. I love it. So you send in your email and your address. and uh, He's quite well known, Dana Larson. Yeah, you get the seeds. And I have no idea what they are. Uh, what strain they are or anything. Yeah, it's, it's kind of looking like he's got maybe a, a, just a, a hemp and a, just some sativa and... A, yeah, one looks like a hemp because, yeah. yeah. And then okay. uh, indica. It's looking like yeah. he's got one indica. Because the hemp plant's probably, what, about three feet? Yeah, it's about three feet yeah, high. So right far. Now. Yeah, so far. Yeah, it's much higher than the other ones already. Yeah, but the weather is good here now. Lots of sunshine. And, BC uh, is known for its bud. Yeah, yeah, we are, we are. Yeah, I, you know, I'd look at Ian and watch his progress. As you know, I, I went on his show for half an hour, and then I went on for another half hour, and then we did an hour show, and then I guess they got lots of email response. So then I go on once a month. But I'd say to my friends, Ian has come so far. It was like my kid. It's like watching my child learn to walk. You know, <laughs> it's I, it's my favorite thing to do to change people's minds. You know, like I said, I, I love selling weed and it just doesn't mean it's not just like selling actual weed, but selling the idea of cannabis into people's lives. It's it is like watching children grow up or just, you know, sharing your favorite toy in, in a way that uh, that you can't usually do with something tangible. Well, I got to tell you a story. Last year after I was fired, uh, prior to being fired, my wife, who was not my wife at the time, but we were living together we had a trip booked to Amsterdam. So we get to Amsterdam. One of the things we want to do is hit the coffee shops because they're all over the place and you can, you can smell it. So one day we said, okay, at noon we're going to a coffee shop. So we go into this little coffee shop and we order a joint and uh, a pot of tea. We sit down and uh, I had three toques. My wife had five. Man, we got wasted. <laughs> and I was telling Corey this morning, there was one guy who came in and he ordered a Coke, got a joint, smoked the entire joint, finished his Coke, walked out. Ian couldn't walk. <laughs> <laughs> he had a hard time just following him with his eyes, I bet. <laughs> Holy God. Yeah. But yeah, it's, um, I, I have trouble smoking it because my, uh, my lungs hurt. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I like taking the oil and uh, the CBD and THC oil that I have now, which is, uh, I take two a day. One, it has three and a half grams of, is it grams or milligrams? Milligrams. Milligrams. Milligrams of uh, THC. And, uh, no, I've got it backwards. Three and a half milligrams of CBD and three milligrams of THC. Oh, that's a nice one to one. Take it twice a day, mm-hmm. and it's great. 
Yeah, that sounds like a really nice maintenance dose. So, and you know, and everybody's different with their metabolism and and how you take it is a big part of it and what you're taking it for. So you do you. And uh, if you don't want to smoke it, don't smoke it. I love it. Yeah, so. you do you. I like that. Mm-hmm. You do you, Corey. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, that's wonderful. I love. I mean, it's. Thank you so much for for coming on and and sharing that with us because uh, you always kind of want to know more listening to people and and I know we get little little bits here and there that you guys share so I'm happy to present people Corey and Ian yeah yeah well that was great uh, and I should encourage people to listen to Bo's interview with us which I thought was uh, fabulous it was very well yeah very oh well. thank you yeah I mean I do talk about depression <laughs> a lot on the podcast in the last few weeks I try to promise them something different but I. <laughs> I uh, I do get pretty more in depth on your guys's podcast, and I'm always telling them to listen to your podcast anyway. You can just learn so much about what cannabis can do on top of alternatives for yourself that people might want to to try out. You know, if you're drawn towards a certain area of cannabis, you should really follow follow that instinct. Um, and I, I think people should shouldn't be afraid to play with cannabis. It's not going to kill you, so. <laughs> no, Bo, you live in Los Angeles, right? Uh, just north, yeah. Okay. Are there many dispensaries in your area or in California? There are. Um, being closer to L.A., um, you know, you can definitely go into places that are much more saturated than others. Um, in my particular area, we have deliveries because it isn't legal yet. But I have been bugging the city council all year for them to follow through on a directive that came down from a council member who was only able to give it right before he left to further with some medical cannabis programs, some some uh, ordinances, at least maybe a plan to see if the city council wants to pass it. So we're hoping it looks really positive that within the next year or two, we could have some storefronts in my area currently though we're just uh we're flooded with illegal deliveries oh yeah it's not hard to get around here now it, a dispensary in california do you have medical dispensaries and recreational dispensaries or are they just one dispensary it's uh we do not have recreational dispensaries <laughs> yet uh until the state program comes together to give licenses Till they create a licensing program, there's nowhere to actually buy it legally. So the only dispensaries out here are going to be medical. Um, that doesn't mean that we can't give cannabis away so you can grow your own. And if you are an adult 21 years of age or older, you can carry, possess, use your cannabis, um, and you can give it away to other adults, but you can't legally buy it anywhere yet. Corey, that's a little different than Washington. Washington's the other way around. Yeah, it's recreational mm-hmm. as opposed to medicinal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they—that's one of the big things <laughs> that California didn't want to happen, uh, and that people were afraid of that recreational would just wipe out medicinal cannabis. When medicinal cannabis is not only, you know, the program to stand behind, it's the one that really leads change the most, and. Uh, and, and I think that's one of the reasons why they were like, 
We have medical dispensaries around here that are open. We can wait a little while longer to get this a good recreational program up and running. Oh, that's interesting. How um, do how do people view? Sounds like I made it for you, doesn't it? I know. I was just thinking that. I'm like, when did this table switch? <laughs> See, here, waiting for you to ask me another question. No, I'm just <laughs> wondering how do people in California now view? cannabis given the fact that it's been 20 years since it's been legal you know it's it's coming along california has always been a little bit more lax but that that open environment does create its own backlash so those who are in power and who are against it are really kind of doubling down on their ignorant stance um we are cracking away at it little by little, but socially, the stigma, especially among parenting communities, uh, it's it's still really tough. It's still really tough to come out even in favor of those who use it medically. But uh, I mean, just the fact that I'm even discussing cannabis with my local officials when I, it took me four years to even get into City Hall with an interview regarding cannabis. So I can't deny that progress is being made. It just, uh, we have so, it shouldn't, the progress being made shouldn't deter anybody from continuing to talk about it. Uh, it, it should only embolden those who might not have felt powerful enough to do it before to speak out on their own. Yeah, it would probably taken you about six days to get in there if you wanted to do an interview on Ritalin. Yeah. Let's do an interview on Ritalin. Okay, we can do that. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, you know, anything else, uh, it would have been, yeah, let's talk about it. Uh, you know, we have a crime issue and a homelessness issue where I live right now, and I, I could get in right away to speak with any member I wanted to about that, but they also made clear in setting the interview, because I am known as the weed lady, that there will be no cannabis discussion on the table. And if I bring cannabis to the table, the, you know, the, uh, the meeting will be over. And it was just, it was awesome to actually get to go and, and fully talk about cannabis, all my hopes and dreams. <laughs> <laughs> so do you guys uh, participate in any of the, like what, what is going on locally in your guys's area? Uh, I haven't participated in, in anything sort of, you know, to do with the government or lobbying that way. No, uh -huh. we, we, uh, Canada is going to legalize recreational, uh, medical is already legalized. Uh, that came in June of 2015. Uh, it's going to legalize recreational marijuana on July 1st of next year. And, uh, it's up to each individual province to come up with the regulations now, our province in British Columbia hasn't done that yet. At least I'm not aware of it. Are you? Not that I know, no. I don't think any province has. No. It's still, there's so many gray areas still, you know. Yeah, so. I kind of like, I'll believe it when I see it. But yeah. That's not. One of the anomalies in it, though, is you are, each household is allowed four plants. And my argument is, if you have two people living in a household, that means each person is allowed two plants. So why should a person living alone have four plants and another household which has two people? Or if you have four people in a house, you're only allowed one plant then. 
I mean, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, well, it's it they they do it that way from a uh, kind of like a a legal standpoint that four plants are easier to maintain as a kind of a, a code issue for the city or for your your province or your local area to monitor that if you allow people to grow an inordinate amount of plants on their own, then you have mold and, and decay issues, you have fire issues and, you know, and the city will burn down. Uh, so they don't really think about patient use. They don't think about person use. They're thinking about it purely from a, uh, a logistical point of view in, in maintenance. Well, here's how stupid the bureaucracy is. I was talking to an owner of the dispensary in Victoria, and he has a license from Health Canada to grow a specific number of plants, I think about 16 or so. He said his son has a grower's license as well, and Health Canada has given him approval to grow 200 plants. But here's the thing. His son lives in a condo. And he looks at me and he says, couldn't they use Google Maps to find out where he lived? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, it it seems like that should be part of an application process. I mean, can he grow it off site? Is that allowed? Yeah, it's, uh, but it just... You know, I think because the industry is in its infancy, there's going to be uh, a lot of growing pains. And yeah. there are no pun intended. Oh, yeah. Very good. Hardy, hard, hard. All the puns are intended <laughs> <laughs> on the Spliff podcast, at least. That would be a great name for a strain, wouldn't it? Hardy, hard, hard? No. <laughs> growing pains. I think both would be hardy, hard, hard. <laughs> I love it. I love both of those. One's an indica, one's a sativa. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, what's the attitude like in BC? Like, where do you see this going? Are people pretty receptive to it? Uh, I think uh, the general, mostly the general population is quite receptive to it. You know, there's all this. There's certainly that segment that's worried. You know, the whole reefer madness mentality. But mm-hmm. I think, generally speaking. I would say that it's pretty positive. What about you? Yeah. What do you think? I don't think we're any different than anywhere else. There's a segment of the population that thinks it's like the woman who refused to uh, allow us to use her office. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, cannabis is against her values, but OxyContin is not. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah. if cannabis is against her values, she just hates children and human beings and life in general as well as science. But, you know, whatever <laughs> her values, not mine. That's right. Yeah. But I think the when you don't hear any people complain about it, do you? No, 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 not at all. Do you no. think that might be because you're in B.C. and they're just a little bit more lenient than, say, maybe like Alberta? Yeah. If, if Alberta has is very much like Texas mm-hmm. and uh, something to do with oil. I think. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. And not cannabis oil. Yeah. And BC is very much like California. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, We're willing to uh, try different things. Experiment. Mm -hmm. You got that coastal feel to it. I love it. Yeah. That uh, breeze from the ocean at night. Right. It really does something for the air. It's fantastic. Yeah. It carries all that wonderful weed smell with it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you guys. I uh, thank you so much. Is there anything that you uh, want to tell listeners before you go? Just that our website is cannabishealthradio.com. Fantastic. Okay.
We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. You can get us on Stitcher. We'll soon be on SoundCloud. Yeah, Jeez, definitely. Yeah. All these platforms. I, didn't know I love it. Yeah, the I'll more stop. places people uh, have to listen, just the the more you get the word out there. Good on you. So yeah. and go to their their Facebook page because you guys had issues. I think people probably were reporting your posts, those prohibitionists again, and you guys got blocked from from sharing from links. Hosting. Yeah, we're not allowed to share links, then and, and they won't give us any explanation. Do you know what I think it is, Bo? I think what happened was we, at the beginning of this year, we had 3,300 likes on our Facebook page. On uh, March 20th, we hit 5,000. On May 20th, we hit 10,000. And on June 19th, we hit 20,000. We, we were at one point getting 4,500 likes a week. It's incredible. And then all of a sudden, one day, we get this thing flashes up on Facebook screen saying you've been banned for 24 hours and you can appeal. But what are you appealing? Yeah. And so we didn't know. We appealed and was rejected. 24 hours was up, posted a link, ban. You're banned for a, for a month. Mm -hmm. You can't post any links for a month. I think what it is, it's an algorithm that Facebook has. And if they see too many links being posted with too many likes that is uh, sets off alarms for them because we're not selling anything and all we're doing is posting links to other people's websites so right. you think you think they'd be happy with that right well i think that the algorithm might kick it up but i i'm pretty sure that everything gets reviewed by a particular person or you know an actual person and it's pretty much from my understanding, especially if it's a reporting issue with Facebook, is that it's all up to the whim of the person who is approving or disapproving of the the content. So if it comes up in the person themselves, again, it, it isn't in their values, they can just reject your appeal because it's about cannabis and drugs are against the, the terms of use with Facebook. And that's just the end of it. Even though you can buy an advertisement for your page and the person who is looking at that is like, yeah, whatever. And they approve it. Um, it's, it's, I, I, if it were an algorithm, I think it would be easier to explain, but you can't mm -hmm. explain the whim of people so well. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But yeah, so definitely. We're, we're blocked from even posting a link to our podcast. So if anyone wants to uh, help us out. Yeah. Share our podcast. Share our podcast. Exactly. You got go find them because they can't find you. Share, share, share. Right. That I was great. It. Great to talk to you. Yeah. You too, guys. I hope you yeah, have a wonderful day. Talk. Have a good day. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Bo. All right, you guys. Can you say it with me now? How wonderful are they? You can find a link to their podcast under the blog posting for this podcast on my website, thespliffpodcast.com. And while you're there, feel free to peruse. You can check out my Amazon affiliate link if you'd like to help contribute to the podcast. All you have to do is follow that link shop on Amazon like you normally would, and a portion of your purchases goes to contribute to the Spliff Podcast, because despite what I said about not really having any expenses, I do actually have some expenses. I just don't have an overwhelming amount of expenses. But anything and everything that can help chip away at them, 
comes back to pay off a long way for me. So it's really appreciated. You can also find all of my social links if you want to connect with me on social media. If you want to connect through the Spliff Podcast, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And if you need to keep it a little bit more covert, go ahead and send me a friend request. I'm Bo Nellis. That's B-O-H Nellis. And let me know that you found me through the podcast. So I don't think you're some weirdo who just uh, friended me because my profile's public. They're out there. They are out there. All right, you guys, I am going to have a quick nightcap dab with you. I'm going to go get it prepared real quick. I'll meet you back here to safety. Hello, hello. Welcome back. I've got some sour tangy loaded up and I've got my torch going on my thermal bucket. Now, whereas I talked about the G-Nugs Tangy being a great sativa tangy, the sour tangy is actually very indica for me. It makes me very heavy-lidded, very heavy in the body, and it's a great way to help me begin getting ready for my nighttime routine. Just going to let it cool for a little bit. Oh man, I had to go buy Q-tips again today. This whole dabbing thing has really put a huge dent in my Q-tip budget. I mean, I think I've already talked to you before. Me and the Q-tips, and I'm not talking about any other cotton swabs. I'm talking about Q-tips. We go way back. But I'm going to have to go get me some cotton swabs because the dabber doesn't need the perfectly sized cotton swab in order to put in its ear canal. I do. It just needs to be clean. Dollar store, here I come. Cheers. Delicious. This is definitely one of those syrupy orange tangies, and that sour gives it just a nice little fresh pop to it. More of like a, a sour apple flavor than a sour diesel flavor. Purely talking about cannabis strains here. All right, you guys. Token next week. We'll be spliffing it again. Ciao for now.